As you're being seated, if you'll find your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles. We're going to be in chapter 4 today. We're in this series uh, called In God's Presence. And in this series, we have been looking at great prayers of the Bible and talking on the subject of prayer. And today's prayer kind of comes out of the middle of nowhere. In fact, if you're not careful, you'll just miss it. Unless you are the Sheldon Cooper of Bible study, the first five chapters of First Chronicles are probably not on your coasters at home. Because the first five chapters of First Chronicles are genealogy chapters. And so you'll find 600 genealogies. And as you read it, you have name after name, and so-and-so begot so-and-so and married so-and-so. And as you read it, it's, it's kind of like one of my sermons. After a while, you just start kind of drifting off towards sleep, and it can be a little bit... I'm, I shouldn't say that about my sermons, should it? So as you're reading it, suddenly one name just jumps off the page. It's like God put this guy on the jumbotron of Scripture for about 10 seconds for everyone to see, and then he just goes away. His name is Jabez. How many of you have ever heard of Jabez? Jabez pops onto the scene for two verses, and we see Jabez offering up one of the great prayers of Scripture. So look with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez and said, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez called out to the God of Israel, if only you would bless me. Extend my border. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will not cause any pain. And God granted his request. Jabez came from a messed up family. Now, I know that no one in here can relate to that, right? We all come from Leave it to Beaver families, right? Everybody's family life and the, child, the childhood that you had was all perfect, right? Correct? Of course not. Jabez come from, came from a messed up family. Now, it appears that Jabez had some brothers, and they all grew up in the same home. They all ate the same food. They all played Mario Kart together. They all graduated from Moses High School. He and his brothers were raised under the same roof. But as they got older, their lives began to take much different routes. Jabez's brothers followed the path of greed. They began striving for things in their lives, and they wound up living lives that were void of honor. But Jabez was a chain breaker. You know what a chain breaker is? It's someone who breaks that generational path, that generational chain. Someone that decides, I'm going to live differently. And Jabez decided that he was going to change the course of his family's name. He was a chain breaker. And when you make that decision 
to change paths. It often can have generational impact. And Jabez was an honorable man. Some scholars believe that Jabez was a lawyer or perhaps a judge. And because of that, he would often find himself out in the commonplace there by the city gates. And Jabez was evidently known by posterity for his wisdom and as a man of great humility. Ezra indicates that there was a village that was named Jabez. We're not for certain, but it is quite likely that that village was named in Jabez's honor. And Jabez made a decision. He was going to go a different route. Jabez was not going to let the pain of his past define him. Jabez's name in Hebrew is Yabez, and it literally means pain. In verse 9, think about this now. In verse 9, it said his mama named him Jabez because she gave birth to him in pain. Can you imagine your mama naming you pain? Now, in Bible days, it was common to name your children based upon your circumstances. And here was the thought. The name that you received was kind of a prophecy. It would go with you in life. And so your parents would often choose a name based upon your circumstances that was supposed to be something that was going to go with you in life. I was thinking if my wife and I had named our children based on the circumstances of their birth, what would they be named? Uh, Karis would have been named Planned. Because, man, we were on top of that birth. You know, we had it all scheduled out. We had, a, we had a birth plan, you know, arrive at the hospital. Here's our plan. You know, we emailed the plan out to our parents and everything like that. We were really, we were on top of the game with that first child. Uh, McKenna would probably be named Early Bird because she showed up six weeks early. We weren't expecting her to come whenever she came. And she's been running full blast ever since she showed up. So we would probably call her early bird. Bennett, I think we would have named him last minute. Get it? Bennett, last minute. Anyway, uh, because that, that, that guy, he was, he was born two weeks late. Those of you that were here, you remember the church was like on Bennett watch for several weeks. We were just waiting for Bennett to be born. And my wife got the pastor's wife of the year award that particular year because we were starting an extra service, and Easter Sunday was coming up, and she held off giving birth until the day after Easter. I mean, how, how gracious was that of her to hold off going into labor until the day after Easter to get a pastor through Easter Sunday? And with Bennett, labor came on really slowly, but once it started, it's, he, he came about 10 minutes away from being born in a hotel room. So I'm not joking, about 10 more minutes he would have been born in a hotel room. So we're going to call him last minute. And Camden, he would be named Freight Train because, because labor to birth was about an hour. You know, we, we showed up at the birthing place, an hour later he was born. Well, Jabez's mama named him Pain. Ladies, you know that was a rough labor. You have that little baby in your arms, oh, isn't this sweet? I think I'll name you Pain. Now, I think Jabez was told all of his life 
that he caused pain. And when he cries out to God, notice what he cries out. He says, if only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm. Now catch this last part. Keep me from harm so that I will not cause any pain. Lord, help me not to live out my name. I think this poor guy had been lied to all of his life. Life had been unfair to Jabez. People had told Jabez all of his life, stay out of the way. Jabez, if you get involved, you're going to mess it up. Jabez, you are nothing more than a pain. You are a problem that just needs to go away. And Jabez comes into the presence of God and he calls out, God, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want the pain of my past to define me. How many of you know this? that you don't have to be defined by your past. How many of you know that? Okay. Now, I want, how many of you really know it? You don't have to be defined by the pain of your past. One of the most beautiful elements of Christianity is this doctrine of grace. And in grace, there are new beginnings for all. We can be renewed, reborn in Christ. And our belief in God's grace drives us to a belief that God can change anyone. You don't have to be defined by your past. I met a pastor this week. He said that whenever he was in high school, he started looking at his family and his dad was a deacon His mom was the Sunday school superintendent, and he came from a line of church-going people. And he said, you know what? I don't want that. And he began to choose a different route. And so whenever he was in high school, he said, I did some horrible things. And then after I graduated high school, I moved to California, and then I truly did some horrible things. I got involved in gangs and did things of which I am deeply ashamed. But then he said, but you know what? God brought me back. God's grace never stopped chasing me. The hound of heaven was upon my scent, and he chased me down and brought me back home to the family. Because of our belief in God's grace, we believe that God can change anyone throughout your life. People may have lied to you, done things to you that they should not. I feel so bad for these little children that grow up in abusive homes. They can't get away. They're just little kids. They can't. Who, who, who do they tell? They're often so little they don't even, like little babies that can't even talk. And they find themselves in abusive situations where people say things to them that they shouldn't say and people sometimes physically abuse them or sexually abuse them and and there's just no escape for them and I just feel so bad for these children that are growing up in homes where they're being fed lies and often they grow up into 
adults, and they spend their entire adult life either believing the lie that they were fed whenever they were a child or somehow trying to get beyond their childhood. My mom grew up that way, unwanted and in the way. She lived in 11 different states during her 12 years of school because she just lived with whatever family would take her in. And I think that's how Jabez grew up. Unwanted in the way. But that's not how God viewed him. God loved him. God wanted him. And God desired to use Jabez. He desired to use the boy of pain in some special ways. And so Jabez morphed his pain into prayer. And read again what he called out. He said, Lord, if only you would, if only you would bless me. Extend my border. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will not cause any pain. The prayer begins with, if only, Lord, you would bless me. I think in our American culture, we've gotten that idea of the blessing of God all messed up. We throw that word blessing around frequently, and I don't know that we always understand what the blessing of God upon us means. We receive a meal, and we sit down at the table, and we say, okay, now let's ask the blessing. And so we bow our heads, and we say, Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this craft macaroni and cheese. And we pray that you might bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Really? Craft macaroni and cheese? Lord, change the molecular structure of the macaroni and cheese so that it nourishes us and feeds us and takes us to where you desire us to be. And we call that the blessing. Or we say to someone, well, bless your heart. Bless your heart. We were hiking a couple of years ago, and uh, we had climbed up this mountain. It was a very, very difficult hike, and we were coming back, and Paul Reed was on the hike with us, and along the way back, Paul Reed made a wrong turn, and he had to hike an extra six miles, and his trail went downhill, and then it went back uphill, and so we were at the designated meeting spot. And we were waiting for Paul, and we were waiting, and we were waiting, and we were waiting. We were starting to get a little bit concerned. And then the silhouette just kind of staggers into the door. And it's Paul. He had hiked about 15, 16 miles by then. And, and he was pale, and you know he just looked awful after surviving all that. We were like, Paul, bless your heart. You made a wrong turn. Come down here, sit down. Let's give the guy some water and some food and, and take care of him. That, that, the blessing of God is more than just a cute saying. When someone sneezes, we say, God bless you. It's more than that. Sometimes we associate the blessing of God with things. And as we come into Thanksgiving season, we say, well, you know, the good Lord, he's really blessed me. Got a good family, a good car, a nice house, nice job. The good Lord has been really good to me. He's blessed me. The blessing of God is so much more. The blessing of God is His favor, and the favor of God comes from His presence. So whenever we talk about the blessing of God, we're asking God for His presence to be upon us. And when the presence of God is upon us, 
the favor of God is upon us. When the presence of God is upon us, then we can hear the voice of the Spirit, walk in the path of the Spirit, and God's power is upon our life. Have you ever prayed for the blessing of God? Have you ever prayed for the blessing of God? God, may your presence be upon me. May your Spirit guide me. May I have your favor because I'm walking with your Spirit. Jabez was coming into the presence of God and he's saying, Lord, if only. Here's my past. Here's everything that I've been. If only you would bless me. If only, if only you would bless me. I want to challenge you to take the Jabez jump. Say, what's the Jabez jump? It's to come into the presence of God and say, Lord, I come to you. I bring the pain of my past. I bring the struggles of my present. I bring the hope of my future. And I jump into your presence. And I just ask for your blessing. I ask you to grant me your presence. I ask you to grant me your favor. I pray, Lord, that your spirit might be upon my mind and my heart that you will guide me each step of the way. Jabez took that jump of faith and he jumped out of his pain. He jumped out of the lies. He jumped out of his sin and he jumped into God's presence. He jumped into God's truth. He jumped into God's guidance. And I want you to notice several specific things about what Jabez prayed. First of all, he prayed, Lord, extend my border. I think he was praying, God, expand my influence. Give me greater opportunity to use my life to impact other people. Help me not to live my life contained by my pain. You see, here's one of the things that happens when we believe the lies that people tell us or the lies of the evil one is our life starts becoming very, very small and self-centered. At the root of sinful behavior is often selfishness or pride. So the more consumed we become with ourselves, the more prideful we begin to feel, the more that we run away from God and the more that we kind of turn inward and look to ourselves and think, I'm the center of the universe. But whenever we begin to focus our eyes upon God, we begin to realize that I'm not even the star of the show. He is, and we begin to ask God to help us overflow the boundaries of ourselves so that our lives might be connected to what God is doing in the world around us. Lord, extend my borders so that my life can be a part of what you are doing. Secondly, he prayed that the hand of God would be with him. Lord, please be my guide. Give me your wisdom. Now, in the ancient world, it was very common to see people who were being led around by a guide because of blindness. And so I can imagine Jabez here 
praying that God will be his guide. And it's the idea of the blind man who is being led by the hand by another person, walking in darkness and just following God wherever he leads us. Have you ever thought of the Holy Spirit in that way? The Spirit, I need God, I need you to be my guide. And rather than me being so consumed by all these things and trying to figure it out and trying to see it all for myself, sometimes we just need to close our eyes and say, Lord, take me by the hand and lead me. Guide me along your paths. And shine light for me as I need it. Thirdly, Jabez prayed, Lord, keep me from harm. Now, as I first read that, I thought, okay, he's praying, don't let anybody hurt me. Don't let anybody hurt me. Keep me safe. But here's what I really think he was praying. I really think he was praying, don't let me hurt anybody else. Now, here's the kid that was told all of his life, you're a pain. You cause pain. And he comes to God and he says, Lord, keep me from harm. Do you realize that you can't control other people's behavior? Again, really, do you understand you can't control other people's behavior? Because we sure do try, don't we? Every day in traffic, we try. And every day, nobody listens to you. They just keep on driving the way they're driving, right? You cannot control other people's behavior, but you can Ask God to help you control yours. You can ask God to help you not to harm others by the words you say, the attitudes that you harbor, the actions that you display. Lord, help me not to be the cause of harm. And then fourthly, Jabez prayed that the Lord would change his name. Lord, I don't want to be the cause of pain anymore. I don't want to harm people. He jumped out of his past and into God's will. He surrendered himself and his past to God. And Jabez refused to be defined by others. And instead, he wanted to be defined by God. I'm so sorry that it happened to you. I'm sorry for the lies people have told you. I'm sorry for the pain that you have experienced. I realize that sometimes the pain that you experienced was because of other people's terrible behavior. Because other people chose to do wrong, you received pain. I'm sorry for the grief that you had to endure on those lonely days as you missed the person that you loved. I'm sorry that people who professed the name of Jesus did not act like Jesus and they caused you pain. And I'm sorry for my own sins and the pain that I have caused on others throughout life. But here's what I know about the gospel. The gospel is about making all things new. And the gospel is defined by 
faith, hope, and love. Not sorrow and pain. On the cross, Jesus took our sorrow and pain to the grave. And here's the great thing about the resurrection. The resurrection transforms death to life. The resurrection transforms the hopelessness of the past to the hope of the future. It makes all things new. And so today, maybe that moment in time when God uses this man from antiquity whose name meant pain to change your heart, to bring a new beginning to your life, And it may be that today you need to make the Jabez jump. For some, that may mean salvation. There's never been a time in your life where you've truly trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's where you are, I want to talk to you before you leave. Okay, I'll be here at the front during the next song. I'll be here after the service as well. If you've never had that moment where you've trusted in Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to talk to you today. Let's settle this today. Come find me. And we'll talk about what it means to be a Christian. For others, you say, Lash, I'm a Christian. I I have that. But for you, the Jabez jump may be just jumping into the presence of God. I'm saying, Lord, I bring the pain of my past and I bring the struggles of my present and I bring the hopes for my future and I just jump into your presence and I ask for your blessing and I ask that you might take me by the hand and guide me each step of the way. May you expand my borders so that I am not so consumed with me, but I am thinking about how my life can be a part of what you're doing and how my life can impact those around me. Maybe today is the day that you need to take the Jabez jump and ask God for his blessing. Would you be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please, as the band comes? We come to this part of the service that we call the moment of commitment. It's a time where we sing. It's a time where we pray. It's a time where we give. During these next few moments, you may want to sing with the band as they lead you. You may also want to spend this time in prayer And so as others are standing, you may want to pray there at your seat. Maybe there's somebody in the room that you want to pray with, perhaps even the person sitting next to you, a family member, that during this time you just want to pray with them. If I can pray with you about anything, I'm here at the front. You can also come and kneel at these steps and pray here at the stage. This is a time of worship, a time of prayer, a time of giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and we thank you that there is no corruption in you and we thank you for this man who appears on the pages of Scripture so briefly and yet in the words of his prayer, there is so much impact, so much depth and we pray that we might learn from your truth today. Help us, Father, not to live as victims or slaves to our past, but instead, Lord, help us to live in the presence of the Almighty. And Lord, I ask for your hand to be upon us. I pray for your blessing to be on this church 
And when we pray for your blessing, we're praying for your power. We're praying for your presence. We're praying for your healing. We're praying for your anointing. We're praying for your guidance. We pray, Father, that the power of your blessing might be on this church and upon the families of this church and the individuals that make up this congregation so that we might walk in your spirit and expand your border so that the name and fame of Jesus Christ might increase throughout the world. And we pray, Father, that you will give us the deep, deep joy of seeing people come alive and begin again in Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we worship. It is in his name that we pray and take great delight and find joy. Amen.